Does anyone have a favorite show? Raise your hand. Netflix, Amazon Prime. One of my wife and I's favorite shows is Madam Secretary. Anyone? It's kind of cool. I like the political drama, whatever. I'm not saying it's like all amazing. Don't misquote me and think I'm weird or whatever. But it's a cool show. Love the characters, the dialogue. And again, that political kind of, Haley and I enjoy it. It's like the cleanest show we've ever, like, can find and see. Um, but this last episode we watched on Madam Secretary, it was, it was incredible. The scene was, you know, at the heart of the Pentagon, there's this, there's this operation that detects if America's under threat, super gnarly. And the, the designers of this system created a, um, what do you call it, a trial or a... Um, a fake, a practice, help me. What's the word I'm looking for, someone? A simulation, boom, gold star in heaven for whoever said that. Uh, the designers of the program did this simulation as if America was under attack. And so, but the president and all of his counsel, they have no clue. And even the ones who designed it didn't hit the simulate button. So in other words, they thought the attack was real. It was incredible. It was the final episode of season four. There you go. I gave it away. Darn it. Oh, never mind. It's some episodes hidden somewhere in the middle of some season. But it was so incredible. So, so the president and, and the, the whole cabinet, I was so taken back by how hard and elaborate it was for the, the president to release countermeasure orders. There was a secret thing he had to break, and a code, and then a person, and a phone call, and you read EF417, and there's two other people in somewhere in Nevada or South Dakota, like, to launch and these countermeasures, and I was so struck that it is that hard to blow up the world. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Land the plane. Literally, get off the plane. There's these secret codes that only, like, two people in the world know that if the stuff hits the fan, and should there need to be countermeasures of protection, I was just sitting there watching this episode going, going, this is crazy. All of these secret codes and back rooms and secured lines, and these are just codes to destroy the world. I wonder if there's a secret code to save the world. Amen. Look at that right there. You see I did that? <laughs> that was funny. It came to me this morning as I was reflecting with my coffee. It's that elaborate, that secret to destroy. I wonder if there's a secret to save it. I think there is. And I don't think it's a secret. What is it? What are we about as a church? Jesus. Him. There's a little silly phrase that's not really silly, but it's something that over these, uh, in May it'll be three years being a pastor, that has, I've changed a lot, I've grown a lot, I've read a lot, I've thought a lot, I've written a lot, but this one phrase has continued to resurface. And as I see it, there's probably better sentences out there, but when I think about what is the secret that's not a secret that God wants to do in a people, 
and then do through a people that literally has the potential to save the world. Here it is. Let's read it together. A Christ-centered, spirit-filled, loving church family which fosters an environment where every person can reach their redemptive potential in God. When I think about what I want us to be about as a church family, comma, for the sake of the world, darn it, I left it off. Because how many know what he does in us he wants to do through us and for the sake of others? Christ-centered. Did you know that everything in the world was created by, for, and through Jesus Christ? Comma, bunch of Bible verses. (laughs) Did you know that currently everything is being sustained by the powerful word of Christ? Did you know that one day every single thing in all of creation will be submitted to the lordship and the acknowledgement that God reigns and rules the world through his son, Jesus Christ? Did you know that one day every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father? Did you know that the entire Bible points and leads us to Jesus Christ? Did you know that life is found in Christ and in Christ alone? The Bible tells us that he himself was life, is life, And from the abundance of his life, everything has been formed and fashioned and touched through the power that flows through who he is on the inside in his life. A Christ-centered. Did you know that I could save you a lot of like money going to school? You should still go to school if you feel the Lord telling you for theology, but I'm going to school for that, but... The whole journey is about becoming one with Jesus Christ. Through prayer, through the word. I'm just trying to keep this short and simple and sweet. I guess I'm trying to say is Christ is the only one fit to be at the center to hold everything together. Who he is. I say it this way, our mission, everyone say our mission, is to become one with him. Our co-mission is to go invite others to do the same. You see that when we think that our mission is to go tell people about Jesus, but if we ourselves don't know him and don't have a history, and how many know you can only make known what you know? So that's why I like to say in a cutesy, clever kind of way, our mission is to become one with him. In other words, to have relationship. And out of that relationship, he gives us a co-mission, which is to turn around and go invite others to know him too. So everyone say mission, to know him. Co-mission, to invite others to know him. Spirit-filled. Oh, come on, somebody. Who loves the Holy Spirit? This is my sermon. I'm preaching this. And there's a ton of notes that I've got to... I was told that the pastor thing was five minutes. So someone lied to me, so it's not my fault. That's what I was told. But you, we all have mercy and grace. Amen. Amen. Spirit-filled. I don't think church should be dead, dull, or boring. I don't know about you. Did you know that Jesus Christ 
is currently in a resurrected, glorified body at the right hand of his Father on a throne. And the only reason we can know, trust, love, abide, and practice the way of and obey Jesus is through the Spirit-filled life. So we're Christ-centered. It's all about him. He's what perfect life, perfect theology, the righteousness of God, the peace and justice of God. Jesus is the one we look to to find our calling, our purpose, our mission, our, uh, our will, our agenda. It's all about the centrality of Jesus. But Jesus is currently reigning at the right hand of his Father. So the only way living the Jesus-soaked life is possible is through the spirit of Jesus living, us, living in us and through us. Jesus, in, in, in his own ministry, when he was trying to explain to his boys that it was for their benefit that he would die, rise from the grave, and ascend to the right hand of the Father, he said, unless I do that, you all will always and only experience Emmanuel, God with you, which is good news. But I didn't come just to be God with you. I came to be God in you. Amen. And so he tells his boys, don't be afraid. What I'm going to prepare for you and for all of those who will believe in the gospel through your preaching, teaching, and lifestyle, God's not just going to be beside you. He is going to fill your life with his very presence. Christ-centered. Everyone say Christ-centered. And spirit-filled. This is one of my favorite little cheesy sayings. We are after the fruits of the spirit growing. Everyone say Growing. And I'll take it. And the gifts of the Spirit flowing. You don't like that phrase. I got it on the screen for you here. Right? Uh, yeah, there's a lot. I told you, whatever. <laughs> Where is it? It's right here. So you can screenshot it or whatever you want to do. Here we go. Read it with me. We are after the fruits of the Spirit growing and the gifts of the Spirit flowing in us and through us. Did you know that Christianity is a full contact, everyone gets to play sport? You don't believe that, but that's the whole reason he died, was to overthrow the system where it was a select few who could go live close to God, and on behalf of God, go mediate his purpose and his presence and his peace and his forgiveness to the world. That is our great high priest, Jesus, who has done it once and for all, so that every son and daughter can now experience the fruit of his kingdom in their life and the power of his spirit through their life for the sake of his glory. We're a Christ-centered church. It's all about Jesus. I preach about Jesus and his kingdom every Sunday on purpose, no matter the passage. But the only way that gets actualized and appropriated to our lives is by submitting to the work of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us. I, I was reading in church history, that's one of the earliest recorded prayers of the early church. It's really elaborate and big. Come, Holy Spirit. Why do you think they knew to pray that? Because they knew what they were like before they were filled. They were, they were cowardly and proud and arrogant. Am I describing anyone in this place? Afraid of what people thought. They had no power to witness when they were stuffed with the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. We can't stop talking about the one that we've seen raised from the dead. You can whip us and beat us. Beloved, that is how God wants every one of his sons and daughters with the fire of his love burning on the inside. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control growing. How many know it takes time for those things to grow? Did you know the Bible calls Jesus the true vine and his father is the gardener that knows how to cut the areas that are sucking life out of us when we're supposed to be drawing it from him? 
And did you know, my dad has a great message, maybe he got it from someone else, but Paul lists nine fruits of the Spirit. I just listed them really fast, love, joy. Read Galatians 5. But he also, in 1 Corinthians 12, lists nine gifts of the Spirit. Words of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracles, mysteries, discernment, nine. And my dad says, across America, he's been to 1,100 churches, there's usually one wing-doved church. You got the people who are like, we just want the fruits to grow, but they look like a goofy little, you know. <laughs> and you got the people who aren't all interested in the gospel, the repentance or surrender or the lordship of Jesus, the centrality of the cross. They just like the gifts flowing. Ooh, come on, somebody. Where's my fly? Come on, help me out. Somebody else. I'm not a... <laughs> But as a church, because Christ is central and he gives us our vocation as people who've been redeemed by his blood and filled with the spirit, we're after the fullness of Christ and that only comes when both wings flow. That's good preaching, as my dad would say. And it's so funny, those who want to talk so much about the Holy Spirit, and I do, I wrote about him this week in my journal, I had fun with the Holy Spirit. He's my, I don't know, I don't know anything about Jesus unless the Spirit tells me. As he illuminates the scriptures, are you tracking with me? The Holy Spirit is not for a select few. We have to have the Spirit breathing on our life. Did you know that? That no one in their natural carnal mind can discern an ounce of truth of the things of God apart from the Spirit of God breathing on that person's mind. No one's idea in this place was to come to Jesus. You were drawn to Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Man, that's good preaching. I'm getting fired up. Stick to the notes because you got to finish. And it's those who want to talk about the Holy I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, his whole will and agenda is to form and fashion the, the, the redeemed through Jesus community called the church to manifest the full reality of Christ's life today in 2018. The Spirit is pointing us to who? When he, when he comes, he, to Jesus. When he comes, he will remind you of everything I said and everything that I did. This is what the Spirit loves to do. So I love it like this. I say it like this. What does the anointing or the seal or the empowerment, endowment of the Spirit do? For those who like to talk about the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is teaching the believer just keep abiding in Jesus. Are you tracking with me? So we're Christ-centered, but we're after the Spirit-filled lifestyle. Did you know that the acts of the apostles that we read about in the early church, they're not to be an exception to the rule. They are the rule itself. We're to expect God's kingdom to break in today like it did then. I've searched the whole Bible. There's not like a comma, it all died when they died. Come on, how many know Acts 1, 1 and 2? He be, the, Luke, the, the doctor, this is the, I'm writing about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. How many know he's still doing and he's still teaching through his church and through his people who are fixed on Jesus and intimacy and friendship with him and submitted to the life of the Holy Spirit, forming and fashioning little Jesuses all over the world. Are you tracking with me? To make him known to imitate the life and ministry of Jesus. Mic drop. I love this, this is really practical. How do we live the spirit-filled life? How do we grow in it? Keep saying yes to his voice, that is a good one. <laughs> 
How many would rather risk saying yes to what you perceive the Spirit to say than spending your whole life in the in-between wondering, is that God telling me to do that or no? Who would rather just say yes and Lord, thank you? I'm not saying be an idiot and betray the Scriptures and that's why it's Christ-centered. Come on, someone say, that's why it's Christ-centered. You won't get all goofy and weird. If you see it in Jesus, go for it in your life by the Spirit. That was good. Let, let that soak in. If it's in Jesus, it's up for grabs for you and for me through the power of his Holy Spirit. When Jesus turned around and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he wasn't like for a select few super spiritual giants. For everyone who will come to the Father through me, I showed you how to live. Every dynamic of my life was a model, the rule itself, not the exception to the rule. The only exception is I did it sinless, but now through me, sin is overcome by my grace and power so that you can learn to stay yes to my voice moment by moment. Let's go. Avoid sin. There is a novel idea. He's called the Holy Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's not like an acronym or a weird whatever before his name. He's holy. Turn to your neighbor. He's holy. I can't expect to live a spirit-filled life if my life is filled with idols and junk and sin and unconfessed this. So avoid sin. The Bible actually says to flee it. Run into the fire of God instead of spending your life to dancing around the fire of hell. How close can I get without getting burned? The only way to overcome fire is with greater fire. Oh. And if you do sin, the Bible says, if you do sin, confess it immediately. Come on, how many know you don't have to let that thing have tyranny and power over your life? Get it into the blood of Jesus. Forgive me, Father, and keep running after him. And you don't have to go all the way back to back when I, you know, 50 years ago. Pick up your stinking uh, whatever you dropped when you sinned and fell and just keep running after him. He's a father who understands our weakness and Jesus being fully man understands our frailty and need and he is our abundant provision of grace and mercy no matter the time of need and no matter how great the need. That's good. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Darn it. The only thing I'm to be quick in is to listen. Oh. That's a Bible verse, by the way. James chapter one. Go slow enough that you can follow. The Lord this week, I mean, it's been powerful being home from the prayer conference last week. This week, the Lord, in my secret time with him, which when I say that, I mean early morning coffee, Bible, journal, when all the kids are asleep and so is mom. Do you have a, do you have a place, a time, a window, a chair? I don't care. For me, it's sacred. The Lord, I, I've known this my whole life. I could quote all the verses about it. But how many know it's one thing to know it and it's, an, it's another thing when he shows it to you by his spirit. Come on, everyone know the difference between knowing theological uh, external facts but when God brings that puppy home to your heart. The Lord told me this week by his spirit, his still small voice as I was reading the word, I really will lead you if you'll just follow me. Chad, that's so elementary. I know, I'm slow. If you will follow, I will lead. That's how we stay in the spirit-filled life. We follow the spirit. I love this. One of my spiritual fathers, Hal Perkins, he talks about it like this. Jesus was filled with the spirit, 
Remember when he was baptized? Heaven was opened. The father said, this is my son whom I love. The spirit landed on him, right? He was led by the spirit. Everyone say led. Into the wilderness to be tested. Are you gonna do it God's way or what the devil's trying to get you to buy into, which is a spinoff of man's way? And then he leaves filled with, led by, empowered by the spirit. We wanna skip to the power part, but he's all, you gotta be filled, you gotta live a lifestyle being led. And every time you have a yes on the heels of what I'm prodding and poking you to do, you can promise, you can guarantee that my power will be there waiting for you. That's good stuff, keep going. All right. And then finally, back to our little phrase, and this is landing the plane. My stomach's ground, that means I'm hungry. There it is. A Christ-centered, spirit-filled, loving church family. If you're checking out Cornerstone, this is a great week, because this is what we're trying to be about. (laughs) A loving church family. It is my humble opinion, informed by the scriptures, that all of that stuff about being Christ-centered and spirit-filled, the context for all of that is in a family that has your back. It's with a bunch of people who are able to call you on your sin, overlook your idiosyncrasies and little brokennesses. Am I talking to anyone today? Because if we just always just, how many know relationship would be impossible if we didn't look through the lens of the cross and grace and the mercy of the Lord? I am convinced that God wants this place not to be so much six or seven people on a stage doing ministry for you, but to become a context in which every son and daughter can discover who they are in God and reach their potential. That means it's, it's got to transcend what happens on a Sunday. Sundays are important, but this is not the end all. This is the catapult into a week of discovering who God's uniquely called and graced you to be. We gather on Sundays, but we scatter throughout the week to worship Jesus, practice his ways, to make disciples, and to love and care for one another. These are simple little facts. How do we experience and grow in loving church family? Are you ready? These are not the end all, but just little things I thought of. Risk vulnerability. How many have those friends that complain? They don't know anybody, no one wants them, but they're not willing to take a a risk. Come on, how many know the great John Wimber? Faith is spelled what? R-I-S-K. Now, he was talking about praying for the sick and seeing them healed, but I'm applying it loosely here to risk vulnerability. What if that person that you're afraid of, if they really knew you, what if you taking that step gives them permission to come into the light and find freedom in Christ? Be open and honest with where you are at. Have you ever known a person where you're in a group and they acted like a know-it-all? How many know people aren't all that interested in know-it-alls? They want people who are just raw and honest. Here's who I am and here's what I'm going through. Be open and honest with where you're at. You don't have to act like you're this or that. Be you. Come on, someone say, be you. Big one, big one, big one, big one. I've been guilty. Take initiative. How do you grow in loving church family? Take initiative. Don't wait for others to come to you. Go to them. Turn to your neighbor and say, go to them. So many people live on the sidelines just in, in a victim mentality. No one likes me. No one's inviting me. Why don't you become, it's the next point, uh, an, an includer and an inviter. How many know people love to be included and invited? Sorry, let me try that again. My mic must have shorted out. <laughs> this is about growing as a loving church family. What if it was just like, I'm not going to wait for an event in the bulletin until I start talking to people to my, my, my right and my left. 
I'm not going to wait for the all-church feast, which is going to be off the hook in a couple weeks. I might actually ask somebody out to lunch today. Thank you, whoever that was. I'm paying that person. That was, I told them to do that at that moment. How do we grow as a loving church family? Invite and include. And then when you are at the table, if you take the posture of question, asker, and listener, people will probably call you again to hang out. (laughs) Facts 101. Why? People love to be asked, how are you? Did you know that through the gospel, because of, the, because of our Christ-centered, spirit-filled, whatever, we actually don't have to puff our chests up to act like we're this or that. Like Christ and the Spirit make community even possible. Because we're freed from, will they like me? And if they don't like me, I'm, I'm gutted. I'm ruined. No, he likes me. I'm good. That's why there's a sequence, Christ-centered. I get my identity from him. I'm crucified, the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. My identity is him. Sorry, that was, anyway. (laughs) I'm I'm filled with the Spirit, so I'm not left to my own resources. How many would think that'd be a crummy, pretty crummy Christian existence if you were just left with your own gifts and your own abilities and smarts? How many know there is a limit to our resource, but there is no limit to the reservoir of the Spirit for those who submit and ask and stay in step and just say yes. These things, Christ and the Spirit, propel us to take these risks and to pursue community. And then finally, to reach their redemptive potential. This is the last one of that big sentence that we wrote. Did you know that every single person, this is the good news today, no one was left out when God raised his son and the son ascended to the right hand of the father. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 6 through 8, No one was left out when God poured out his grace on every person. Did you know that there is unmatched potential burning on the inside of your spirit when you said yes to Jesus? There is unbridled potential for those who haven't said yes to Jesus. That's why people can do amazing things. All of that is because of a generous, benevolent, loving father. But did you know that there is potential? Potential does not mean, okay, help me out somebody. Potential is not the same thing as you and I realizing that potential through our for actual life. In other words, potential is a what? It's an invitation. Come on, someone say potential is an invitation. Where do we see this? We see this in the talent, the parable of the talents, Matthew 25. He gave one guy, he gave five talents, the next one two, the next one one. What happened? Help me out so I don't have to preach it. The guy with five was like, I'm going to put that thing to work. The potential that he was given. Some think it's resources, talents, abilities. I think it includes everything he stuffed your life with. Right. And, the, the, you know, five. Hey, look, master, I got five more. There's ten. Great job. Come on, somebody. God wants his church to be on fire, reaching their redemptive potential. Nobody living vicariously through anyone else but Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. 
The whole body of Christ is, oh, I like that preacher. And, and we talk like we know these people because we follow them on social media. It's time to get off the bench and it's time for you to realize the potential that Jesus Christ has stuffed your life with. Nobody lives through me. Nobody lives through Emily. No one lives through any other spirit. The, we live through Jesus Christ and every person is invited to go to the next level. Every person. And your gifting and your confidence and your, and your identity. Every person is invited to reach your potential. Did you know that the way God ordained it is we discover that potential in community. Someone say in community. What if we became a church? I don't know if we're there yet. I think we're on the way. What if we became the church that when we saw God's grace working in one of our friends to our right and the left, we became those who were like, hey, when you do that, I see God. Hey, when you do that, something burns on the inside. Something connects. When you do that uniquely, man, God's on it. What if we became those people who helped begin to speak life-giving, spirit-saturated words that when we saw people taking risk and saying yes to Jesus and getting out of their cocoon, realizing they were meant to be a butterfly. Yes, I've read that hungry caterpillar one too many times to my four children. <laughs> I was where I was going. I just saw the picture. Get over it. <laughs> That's our job. What a crummy thing to come in week after week and you to go, man, you know, Eeyore, whatever. Like, beloved, your pastor right now from this pulpit is saying, become those who call out the potential. Become those who, when you see God working in their life, tell them you see him. They just might get confidence to go to the next level and see that potential harnessed for the glory of God and for their own good. There's a special and unique grace on every person. Don't have time to go into all of that. There's like 50 sermons. But that potential and the plans he has for you are meant to be teased out and discovered together. No person left behind. Come on. I love it. To the end we go. <laughs> there was a good message, I promise. Okay, last point. All these dynamics, Christ-centered, spirit-filled, loving church family, context, environment, every person reaching their potential in Christ. All of it rises and falls on one thing. Are you ready for the deep theological? So deep. Relationship. Relationship with him? Right? Relationship with the Holy Spirit? A co constant dialogue, communion, communication. Lord, I hope, I can't tell you how many people think I'm probably a schizophrenic or weird or whatever. You can call me stupid or zealous. I just always talk to him. What do you do? I just, what do you, who's that weird guy in the CRV? It's not me. There's a lot in town. It's just relationship. It's relationship. 
Every time I get bogged down as your pastor, it's when I think about transforming the institutional, like the big institution, like entity of the church. Every time I get hope is when I go, oh, the church is people. So it's really about helping every person take a next step towards Jesus. And there's hope that fills my soul. You know why? Because it's all about relationship with God, by his spirit, and with each other. Apart from relationship with Jesus and the power of his spirit and the spirit working his will and purposes in and through our lives, we've missed the whole of what it means to belong to Jesus. It's all about relationship. So, our dream is to be a Christ-centered, spirit-filled, loving church family, which fosters an environment where every person can reach their redemptive potential for the glory of God and for the sake of the world. Who's coming with me? <laughs> That's him. There's the going on. There are really three clear calls, very, very clear. I'm not talking to Siri, but she's talking to me. Sorry. Very, very three, very three, three clear. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Step one. If you don't, come and talk to someone after the service. Step two. Do you realize that you are filled, because you've asked and submitted to him, you're filled with the spirit of God. He wants the fruits growing and the gifts flowing, and the spirit is the one who sends us out into the world to show our neighbors, friends, neighborhoods, networks what God is like. Through what? Huge, eloquent speech? No. (sighs) Loving, humble service. Speaking when he says speak but erring on the side of love and showing and service. Amen? And then, so so start a relationship, submit to the spirit. There's, you know, sort of same, but different. Cultivate a lifestyle in the spirit. Number three, are you in community? Those are the three simple. Are Are you in a context? Yes, you come on Sundays, but our dream is that you are discovering God's purposes, plans, his will, as we figure this stuff out in the everyday stuff of life community. What are you hungry for this morning besides (laughs) tri-tip? Sorry, I I shouldn't. (sighs) And honestly, like my dad says, preachers have one message. They had one minute every year of their life. I think this one power pack sentence is something we're going to tease and mine out for the Maybe the rest of my life, maybe you guys get on to doing something different. (laughs) But I would say Christ and the Spirit, his kingdom and his mission are good enough to be preoccupied with all in the context of the community of the saints that exists for others. Stand up with me if you would. I want to bless you and pray for you and... Is everybody happy? 
stirred, encouraged, challenged, convicted, and all of the above. How many know all of those can be good things? <sighs> Father, we submit to your son, Jesus, this morning. It's, it is all about you, Jesus. We, it is not a cute one-liner. Lord, as a man that stands before you and as a shepherd before his sheep, it is about you. You are perfect theology. What we see and experience in you is what you want to have manifest through our life. Jesus, you are life. We say it as a church. You are life. It's about you, your kingdom, your will, your agenda. Holy Spirit, we want to be stuffed with you. We want the fruits of the Spirit growing and the gifts of the Spirit flowing so that the body is lifted up and encouraged and the world sees a community that there's no way they could have pulled it off on their own. There has to be a God. And then, Lord, we want to pursue this loving church family community that just provides a canopy, a refuge of discovery and discernment where all of us, none of us would live vicariously through someone else that we think is better. But every person would realize the Spirit is tapping them on the shoulder saying, hey, buddy, there's more for you. I've given you gifts and there's a grace on your life I want you to take a step in the water. Father, I pray that your spirit would just touch our body right now. God, where there is just a, a, a where there is a victim mentality, or when's it, I pray you'd break that thing off. Lord, where there's a, a mentality of my life, I'm too insignificant. Lord, break that false garbage off. I pray for the revelation of Christ in us, the hope of glory, to just well up on the inside. And Lord, I bless your church called Cornerstone that meets at 1026 East Sierra Madre Avenue, or as the city knows us by the Olive Garden Church. <laughs> Lord, I bless this church. It is an honor to pastor here. Lord, my heart is set on you increasingly filling up our lives with your love and your power and your presence as we seek your kingdom and your righteousness together. God, I pray, send us out of this place, jacked up on not Mountain Dew. Come on, somebody. But out of the goodness and love of our King, Jesus, our Lord. Lord, if there's anyone in here who's like, dude, I have no clue what this whole service has been about. Father, and I pray you would reveal the saving, loving power of Jesus to their heart right now. That they'd realize this message, this good news is for them and their family and those that you've put in their path. Lord, I pray that you would soak us in saving love this morning. God, where there are bodies right now that are just broken, needing a touch, would you stretch out your hand, Father, through the power of Jesus in the presence of the Spirit and just bring healing right now to bodies, to aches, to pains, God, I thank you for Susan's testimony that all four tumors that came back had no cancer. We give you praise. God, we ask, show us that really it is that simple. It's not like Madam Secretary with the secret call and the secret code and the secret this and the computer and this secret line. The good news is out there. Not to destroy the world, but to save it. And it's you, Jesus. We pray in your mighty name. We all shouted amen and amen, amen.